Welcome everyone to Finding the Middle Path, Be Drama-Free Through DBT. I'm Lucinda. I will be your guide on this journey. Today, we're going to talk about two skills, ABC Please and HALT. Our first skill, ABC Please, is from the DBT manual. The aim of ABC Please is to increase the positives in life through positive experiences and building mastery, at the same time decreasing negatives in life by reducing vulnerability to emotional mind. The skill ABC Please itself is an acronym. The A is accumulating positive experiences. The B is building mastery. The C is coping ahead of time. And then finally, the please, I'm gonna be honest with you, this is my least favorite acronym in DBT. Usually acronyms make it easy to remember what you're talking about. The skill, this one absolutely does not for me, but the please is PL, treat physical illness. So they take the P and the L from physical. E is for balance eating. A, avoid mood altering drugs. S, balance sleep, again, taking the S from sleep. And the second E is get exercise. So there's the E in there. I'll, I'll give you a little hint a little later on about how to remember the please for the acronym. Actually, not even the acronym, just what the please is for. But for now, that's what we have is that uh, really, really non-helpful acronym. For our A, in ABC please, we've got accumulate positive experiences. Now, there are two ways to do this. There are short term and there are long term. The short term is basically to do fun things now. And the DBT skill manual tells us that it is a way to build a dam between you and the sea of emotional dysregulation. <laughs> I prefer to think of it as making a happy bubble. So if you do things that give you positive feelings or um, pleasant feelings right now, that actually gives you more resilience to negative events that might happen. And this is why. If I spend my time, at least a couple times a week, doing things that have given me more pleasant feelings than I would have if I didn't do anything at all, if something bad or something uncomfortable were to happen at the end of the week, I wouldn't be hit as hard because I have kind of a buffer, right? I have these extra feelings, these extra good feelings stored up so when something bad happens, it doesn't affect me as much. The other way that it helps is that it makes it easier to bounce back when something unexpected happens. So you think of it as on any normal week, any normal day, you're operating at, let's say, level zero, like that's your baseline. If you do things to make yourself feel more positive emotions throughout the week, you bring yourself up from a level zero to, let's say, a level five or so. So that's where you are. Something bad happens. It one, will have less effect, right? You aren't hit as hard. And two, it'll bounce you down to let's say a level zero, okay? So you're still at your normal operating level, which you would be if you didn't do anything. If you don't take the time to schedule those positive things to do, then at the end of the week, you're already at your level zero and something unexpected happens. One, you're gonna get hit harder, and two, it's gonna hit you way down, right? So let's say you go from a zero to like a negative 10. It's a lot harder to crawl back up to your normal operating level. 
So those are two ways that you can create this happy bubble for yourself to make it make it so that you're more resilient when things happen that are unexpected or things happen that just make you not feel so great. There's a couple ways to do this for the short term. One of the main ways to do it, to make sure that you have time and you've carved yourself out some time to do these happy things is to schedule appointments. So for myself, I am a huge Magic the Gathering nerd. That's like my game. I love to play it. If I don't get to play it for a couple of weeks, I get a little grumpy. I've noticed that about myself over time. So I make a habit to schedule a magic date every single week. So my magic date might be with my brother-in-law, who I play magic with almost every week. If he's unavailable or if I'm just feeling like I want to do some extra self-care time, then I can make a magic date with a couple of magic friends that I have. If none of those things work out, I make sure to just bring my magic cards out and play magic against myself, which is not is not like my favorite thing to do but it still does give me those feelings inside even just taking them out and looking at them categorizing them putting them on an online database uh, any of those things they give me pleasant feelings inside because that's that's my thing you know that's my favorite thing to do so schedule appointments for yourself so that you can make sure to fit in these uh, short-term positive experiences for yourself because it is important to create that sort of resilience for yourself. The other part for short-term is to be present during happy events. So if I'm out playing magic, I can't think about what I should be doing at home, right? Like all those dishes I haven't done or the bathroom that I need to clean. If I'm focused on those things, then I'm not getting the full experience of my short-term positive experience that I've gotten for myself. So those are two things to do while you're practicing short-term, short-term accumulating positive experiences. The second one, long-term, is to do things now so that you build a better future for yourself. By building a better future, you make it so that positive events are more likely to happen for you. There are a few ways to do this one. The first one is to work toward goals based on your values. So everyone has lots of different values. Some of the values that the DBT skills manual give is contribute, build character, achieve things, be a leader, have fun. They give you a list of about 12 to 13 different things that might be a value or a priority for you. So what you do for this first little bit is pick a value that's important to you. Based on that value, you wanna try and create a goal that helps get to that value or that aligns with that value. Then you create steps to get to that goal. After you've done that, you create an easy first step. So when I'm talking about this with the patients at work, the one I go to, my go-to example is this. So the value that I pick is to build character. In order to build character, I try and think of what a person with a good character would do and I settled on be a trustworthy person. So that's my goal, that's a big goal that I have. The steps that I pick for being a trustworthy person is I pick three steps. Number one, I wanna keep my word. Number two, I wanna ask for help. And number three, I'm gonna apologize when I'm wrong. 
So all of those things have to do with becoming a trustworthy person. If I keep my word, people know that when I say I'm going to do something, it will get done. And people that work with me, patience, <laughs> patience, um, they all agree. If I say I'm going to do something, it will get done. The second one, ask for help. That is part of being a trustworthy person because then people know that if they give me too much on my plate, I will ask for help. So it goes back to things will get done because I will ask for help when I need it. The last one, apologize when I'm wrong, helps people to know that I am open to listening. And if I say something or I do something that is wrong in the situation, I'm going to apologize for it. So people trust that their interactions with me are going to be true and they're going to be safe if they're interacting with me. So those are all steps to being a trustworthy person. If you'll notice, all of those steps, for the most part, are a little bit difficult. The keep my word is not as hard as the other two for me personally, but those are hard things to do. So everyone who has a goal, they have to find some sort of an easy first step so that they can get going. They can, you know, take the first step up that ladder. The easy first step that I thought of for this, being a trustworthy person, is to follow the rules at work. We have a huge manual. We have a very large manual or rule book that tells us all the things that we should, that we can and can't do, or rules that we should follow, the rules the patients need to follow. So for me, having that laid out like that is an easy first step. I can follow the rules because it's exactly laid out what I should be doing while I'm at work. And I've been following that easy first step for years, and it's gotten to the point now where my coworkers know they can trust me, the patients know exactly what to expect from me because they know I follow the rules exactly as they are in the rule book, and my boss knows that when she's not there, I'm going to be acting the same way as if she is there. So that's all of that over 12 years <laughs> has helped me to be a trustworthy person in the eyes of other people and in the eyes of myself. The second way to accumulate positive experiences for the long term is to pay attention to relationships. So that is attend to a current relationships, create new relationships, or end destructive relationships. This is one that can be difficult if you're not someone who really pays attention to relationships. So personally, me, I have a few really close relationships, so I'm not really used to attending to currents. It's something that I've had to work on is making sure to reach out to people so that they know that they're important to me and that I'm thinking of them, which is something that intuitively I don't think to do. I'm a little bit of a loner. so. For me personally, my long-term relationships goal is to mostly attend to the current relationships that I have. The final way, and this is the one that I struggle with the most, is avoid avoiding. So return those phone calls, which I hate to do. Schedule those doctor's appointments, another thing I hate to do, and pay those bills. That one I don't mind. I don't mind the other ones. So whatever it is that you're avoiding, take a minute and just face it and get it over with. Once you get it over with, you don't you find you don't have a huge stack of things staring at you, things that you have to do, and uh, you get less overwhelmed by the by the things you have to do in life. The next letter, so believe it or not, that whole thing was the letter A. 
skills really, really long, but the rest of it kind of flies by. The next one is build mastery. So building mastery means to do at least one thing each day to feel competent and in control of your life, plan for success, not failure, and gradually increase the difficulty over time. This can look different for a lot of different people, and it doesn't have to be the same thing that you do every day. So for me, I love the Just Dance game. That's one of the things, one of the ways I get exercise, one of the ways I, I get steps is by doing Just Dance. So I try and do that at least two or three times a week, just because one, it's fun, and two, you can see yourself getting better. So you can feel like you're improving a little bit over time. Other things that people can do, you can read, uh, you can exercise. That's one thing that I've been doing is another thing I've been doing, I guess, is uh, I started doing a couch to 5k program. So every time that I go on a run, I can see how I'm getting a little bit faster or how I'm getting a little bit farther every single time. So exercise is a good way to do that. I mean, pretty much anything that you do that you want to get better at or that you are good at, you want to continue to be good at, that can be used for building mastery. The C in ABC, please, is cope ahead of time. So there are four steps to doing this. The first is to describe a situation that is likely to create uncomfortable emotions. And while you're doing this, you want to be specific in describing the situation and also name the emotion that you think you're likely to experience. The second step then is to decide what skills to use. They can be DBT coping skills that you're learning here with me, or they can be pretty much any type of coping skill that you've learned over the course of your life. Three, third step, is imagine the situation in your mind. So actually take a moment to imagine everything about how the situation would go down. And then four, rehearse coping effectively in your mind. And you wanna do, you wanna rehearse exactly what you could do to cope, which would include all the things that you're doing. So your actions, the things you might think, or your thoughts and things that you might say. In that last part, when you're practicing rehearsing copingly effective, coping effectively, you can also practice coping with whatever problems might arise. So if you go through everything that you think you'll say and then you think, okay, well the other person might say this, then you can practice what you would say in order to kind of deal with whatever it is that came up when you're rehearsing. Now we're back to that horrible acronym for please. <laughs> so as a reminder, the PL is for treat physical illness. The E is for balanced eating. The A is to avoid mood altering drugs. The S is to balance sleep. And the A or the E, the last one is to get exercise. So I told you I would give you a tip to remember this one. And the tip is please live a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> Most of these things are pretty self-explanatory. Treat physical illness, you can go to the doctor. But there are a few that have a little bit of extra, a little bit extra to remember. So for balanced eating, sometimes that's a little confusing. So basically what it is, don't overeat or undereat. But the other part of it is to be mindful while you're eating. So it includes staying away from foods and portions that make you overly emotional. And you can think of that as mindless eating. So you might say some people will grab a bag of chips and then they'll watch a movie 
and by the end of the movie they realize they've eaten an entire bag of chips <laughs> and that makes them feel unhappy with themselves they ate all these chips they don't remember eating the chips they don't remember how delicious they were how gross they were they just know they're gone so that could be an example of eating a portion that might make you feel overly emotional the a is self-explanatory right avoid mood altering drugs um, another note to remember from one of them is the balanced sleep there is such a thing as too much sleep so try and put yourself on a sleep schedule so you get ex not exactly but about the amount the same amount of sleep throughout the whole week so regardless of whether or not it's your weekend you get about the same amount of sleep I mean, probably a half an hour hour more or less is, is okay but try not to sleep like five hours during the week and ten hours on the weekends that is in balanced sleep and for the last one even five minutes of moderate exercise can help so even just uh, running around your house for five minutes to get your heart rate up a little bit or spending time to do like 20 squats in at before you go to bed like every little bit helps and eventually you can maybe build up to a little bit more moderate exercise but even just a little bit even a few minutes of moderate exercise can help improve your mood and help you get that resilience to the emotional mind that we want to get the last skill that we're going to talk about today is actually not from dbt but from the halls of alcoholics anonymous and so it's been around for a lot longer than dbt actually has the skill is called halt if you're watching the youtube version of this i've got a a little quote from the Care Addiction Center. For those of you listening on the podcast, I'll read it for you. The quote is, this HALT acronym is often used in addiction recovery to serve as a reminder to stop, take a minute, and evaluate what you're feeling that could be triggering a craving or urge to use substances. Now, don't, don't turn it off yet. If you're not in addiction, this still has something that you can use. So for someone in addiction, craving or urges to use are the main reasons why they relapse for someone not in addiction think of this as using mindfulness and the halt skill to stop before you're about to make an unhealthy decision so before you grab that pint of ice cream and are planning on eating the whole thing or when you're walking around the store and you realize this is totally not personal experience wink wink that you have three different kinds of chips two different kinds of candy and like an apple <laughs> so you've got a ton of food when you just stop by the store to get one or two things so just so think of it that way you can use halt before you make a decision that ultimately you know is going to be unhealthy so with that in mind then halt is h hungry a angry l lonely or t tired so the idea is realize when you're about to make a decision that may be considered unhealthy or you have uh, anxiety or stuff inside your body and you're not exactly sure why take a minute and ask yourself am i hungry did i eat have i eaten anything recently did i come to the store on an empty stomach are you angry are you mad at something a person a situation are you lonely so have you spent most of your day alone and you just need some human connection or are you tired 
Did you not get enough sleep last night? Did you sleep too much last night? Any of those things. At Visions, we've added a bunch of the emotions to the whole acronym, but this original acronym is short, simple, and effective. If you're wondering the things that we've added, I'll give you a quick rundown. For H, we added hot or cold and hurt. For A, we changed it to altered states, which could be physical or emotional. So either you're in a place that is unfamiliar or you're in an emotional state that you normally aren't in, which would include angry. L, we added lethargic. And T, we added traumatized or technologically overstimulated. So if you have a really, really good memory and you can remember all of those things, like good on you, add those things in there because they could be things that may be contributing to vulnerabilities. But if you want to keep it short and sweet, that's okay too. So H, hungry, A, angry, L, lonely, and T, tired. Okay, that's all I've got for you today. All the information on ABC Please was taken from DBT Skills Manual for Adolescents by Jill Rathis and Alec Miller. All the information, or really just the quote about HALT, I got from careaddiction.com. Again, that's an AA skill, but you can use it for any sort of unhealthy behavior that you may be considering engaging in. Thank you so much for listening, for spending 20 minutes of your time to take a walk with me, and we'll see you next time when we find the middle path and be drama-free through DBT.